0: Welcome to episode 868 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Rightio, take Michael along to episode. 868. Of I am talking with coach John Newsome and Bevan James Owls, how do you go, mate?
1: I am pretty good, Bevan. Just scanning through my performance on OBS try for the weekend uh, from the Oceanside.
0: Uh, uh, rumour has it, I've heard a rumour, It didn't do that well.
1: Well, 131. We'll go into that once of we of how get many, there. out of how many? Uh, Dave Fish got 13th. Nice work. Uh, there's about 800 in there, I think. Oh, okay. Oh, no,
2: that's yeah.
0: all right. It's top 20%. Yeah. Yeah, right, we'll give that. Okay, then, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Some of our awesome patrons. And we've got Brian Funny Guy fallon
1: Michelle Curvin, the ATM, which stands for
0: Awesome Triathlete Mum. We've got George, the Mr. Mad, well Mr. Madman Gray. These are people who always support the show, and we really appreciate their support. Uh, this week's show, we've got some news. Hot Topic of the Week, we've we'll got an interview...
1: We are talking with Trevor Foley, he's an up and coming 70.3 athlete, lights it up on some of the run legs, not so much on the swim, awesome bike, fantastic run, swim's going to come and he's a a name you should mark down to keep
0: an eye out for the season. Okay, you've got, uh, you're going to do a weekly update to Rotner, are you?
1: I am just going to do something about an aspect of training I've done uh, in the prior week.
0: And instead of Pro of the Week, we we're doing a blast of the from the past. Well, I
1: thought I was going to do a Pro of the Week, and then I was just sort. I might just sort of alternate a bit between blast from the past and uh, Pro pros. of the Week.
0: Yep. Okay, Pro uh, of the Week questions and answers at the end. Okay, so we did have Oceanside at the weekend, seventy point three, which gets a really strong field. And unfortunately, the thing we were really fascinated in seeing was where's Frodo at as we head towards August? Unfortunately, got sick and he didn't race. Yeah, that
1: was a real shame. And that did screw up my OBS try rankings. If he'd raced, even if he got anywhere, I think I would have done quite well because I didn't change him out. It's a $50,000 race, so not massive prize money, but it is early season and some amazing early season results. Um, but we should temper that slightly. First race of the season for most people, yeah. you know, no later on in the a peak. season. Um, might be a little bit different, but hey, there was some incredibly fast times. Uh, So on the female side, I'm pretty confident that Tamara Jewett, who won the race, that is the fastest ever time in a 70.3 because I'm pretty sure that she held the record before that and this is even faster when i wow. scan through her try uh, her. here's the results on on pto look, look at the run time. but and and this will wax lyrical about her amazing runtime and it was impressive but possibly more impressive is the fact that she was third out of the swim and had the fourth fastest bike split so it was a balanced day it's not like you came from nowhere and yep. ran everybody down it's like you're there after the swim and she got a penalty on the bike, uh, so you know, take an extra 30 seconds off that. She got a blocking penalty, um, but her split's 25 44 for third out of the swim, 2 24 on the bike, fourth fastest bike split with a 30 second penalty, and a 1 12 59 on the run. Uh, outrunning Chelsea Sedaro, the Ironman champion, she was pretty stoked with her performance, uh, and it was great. You know, she was leading, but Tamara Jewett just opened a can of whip ass, and Kat Matthews. Performed incredibly well given, uh, you know, it's, it's been a pretty tricky comeback from her uh, crash when she got KO'd, and it was a bad crash. It wasn't just a standard crash. Uh, so that's impressive. Uh, Holly Lawrence was fourth, and my pick, Paula Finlay, was fifth.
0: Then we go into the Boys' side of racing, and again, what about Jason West's run?
1: Oh, no, 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 no,
0: he got second, so Leo Bergera?
1: Le- Leo Bergera took it out, and he's the current world triathlon champion he won the final finale last year in abu dhabi and then that led to him winning the whole series so he's a current world champion so
0: did you pick him to win this race
1: i did okay yeah uh so he has done two seventy point threes, and he is two from two he led out of the swim, uh, stayed where he needed to on the bike. Said he had to work reasonably hard at times to to do that, and then put in a great run, one ten thirty three, uh, to run away from the others. But he had a fast closing Jason West on him, who ran a one oh seven forty and got within mm, tw- seconds. twelve seconds. That oh, yes, was so 12, 12 seconds, seconds of Leo Begier. Leo Begier looked like uh, the tiny bit of coverage I saw. Uh, he had it covered. He didn't, he, he, he had it covered. He's having to work. I think he had to speed up a bit uh, yeah. towards the end to make sure he did have it covered. Um, How about that run
0: time from Jason West? Yeah,
1: and I, I thought, I wonder if that's the fastest time Ever and I thought it wasn't, and I looked up Fredino's time that I think is the reference point for the fastest ever at a 70.3, and that was a 106 at the World 70.3 Champs when they were in South Africa in 2019. Uh, that was when he had to came off the bike, and I'm pretty from memory it was him and Gomez, and I think Brownlee was maybe even potentially in front of them. Yeah, uh, that was a great race, wasn't and it? that's when you had the yeah. three. Big hot shots. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, going head to head. Uh, no, this,
0: it was Brownlee. Brownley got second, didn't he? And Fredino fell away. I mean, Gomez um, fell away, didn't he? Um,
1: I can't remember the exact order. Yeah, I can't quite remember that. Um, but that was impressive. I looked up Fredino's times because he's often done Oceanside seventy point three, and he's done a one ten um, over there. Not really under pressure, but you know, so to to be. Two and a half minutes quicker is mighty impressive from Jason West. Uh, also, got to give kudos to Chelsea Sidaro, Um, For those that didn't really follow the coverage, she was donating all her prize money to Mums um, Demand or Moms Demand Action against uh, gun violence in the states after that shooting last week. Uh, so, kudos to her for for doing that and you know standing up for a cause and using your position and your limelight to to do some good because. Um, Gun stuff in America, just you just Bevan's shaking his head. I, sh- I looked up some stats yesterday, and I'm just mind. You know what's really mind
2: blowing? And, and like,
0: we don't understand New Zealand because guns. We don't really have a gun culture. I don't know such.
1: anybody other than a farmer. I don't know anybody
0: who's got guns. I, I do know guys who go shooting and, and love hunting and stuff. So it's not, mm. like nothing against it. But I was we we're watching the news every night, and they did this thing where they said, you know, the, the mass murders in New Zealand. They're talking about mass murders, and they said there's been 138 not what in the last decade. This year. Well that's what
1: that's what prompted me to look up the stats because Chelsea Sodaro said there's been more mass shootings this year than there is days in here. And I thought, ah, oh, come on, that's bullshit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you looked it up, there's 131. It was, 131. was like, my like, God. This year. <laughs> oh, it's just it's kinda of sad really, isn't it? Yeah. Now going back to that race, um back in twenty eighteen. Twenty 2018? Five years ago now. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Now Fredino took it out, Brownie did get second. And Frodeno ended up winning by about a minute 10. And Gomez fell away a little bit. So he ended up being about two minutes back at I the think end.
1: What did happen from memory now is Brownlee went out like a stutter yeah. rabbit and spanked it That's right, and then faded and kind of held it together. Yeah. Um, but Fredino, yeah, came past him.
0: Why don't, it's a pretty one to get more races like that. Mm. When there was metal or metal, That's what we're it?
1: wanting from PTO races. And yeah. uh, hopefully we'll see a bit of that action this year.
0: Okay, so that was the race happening there Anything else from that race, John?
1: No, no? it was. Uh, I didn't really see the coverage And one of the things with the outside sports coverage You can't go back and watch it Like the oh, YouTube it's... and Facebook stuff Which is kind of frustrating If you've got a, a premium account Then sure, you can do that But uh, I don't, so I won't and Apparently they had a big breakdown With uh, the coverage sort of at some stage in the middle Which is a shame
0: Okay, we are coming up this weekend Not much happening till 22nd of April We've got a big field at the gang grand Canara. And um,
1: I reckon I might have last week jumped the gun and started talking about that race last week, thinking it was this weekend, it's but not. it's not till the 22nd.
0: Then we've got mean, Texas coming up, but nothing real big. St- when's the, when's the PTO Europe race?
1: PTO Europe race is in May, but yeah, looking forward to Texas, as you're going to hear later in the show. Um, Today's guest, uh, Trevor Foley, is going to be racing there, and yeah, should be a good one, but uh, yeah, the next one I'm looking forward to is PTO Europe, uh, Is going to be Awesome. They only let the top 30 athletes in there. Um, so you've got to be fairly high ranking. Now, not all the top 30 are going to race. So I'm sure it'll roll down a bit. Um, but it should be a pretty stacked field. Then when it goes to Singapore, which is later in the season, uh, it's only the top 20. Now, is it
0: the same prize money for each race? Uh,
1: I think so. Now, why yeah, are they doing I think this? so. Uh, well, you've got to think in Singapore, you will. It, it's. It's a busy time of the season, and so you don't think
0: you're a good a field.
1: Well, and it's only one week, maybe before seventy point three worlds or something. I think that's what it was. It was either one or two weeks before seventy point okay. three worlds, or there was. There was some, I remember there being some sort of clash. Uh, but I'm looking. Oh wait really a second! Only thirty
0: it. athletes are allowed to compete. Yes,
1: so you know that you basically if you're in the top thirty. Automatically, you're in, and then I guess it'll just they'll well, do I'm do roll down. Why they would do this? Because then you you're going to see. I think you see more dynamic racing, less risk of there being really large draft packs, uh, and it, I guess it really incentivizes people to make sure that the getting your ranking high is a priority. And let's be honest, the people that are but it rewards ranked, people who have high rankings. Sorry,
0: it kind of rewards the the rich. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like if the top 20. Yeah. So the top 20th, let's, let's say top 20th, it's tune turn up. Mm. Well, what about the kid who was in the 35th spot and could have had a really good day? Needs to go get better. Needs to go do she some big races.
1: Yeah, needs to go do some other big races and, and get better.
0: I just think it's too low, 20.
1: Uh, I agree, 20 seems a bit low. But I think what we saw last year, maybe they had 40 or 30 or 40 last year. You did see some of those weaker athletes turning up, and then they were getting lapped, and that was my whole issue with the lapped issues. So if you got top 30, you would hope they're not going to get lapped and get in the way. Tamara Jewett was <laughs> today's uh, last weekend's winner. Was one of those athletes who did get lapped at the PTO race in... Uh, the American one and I was like you're out of there if you if you get lapped so I, I guess that's probably a strong rationale on these multi lap courses we don't want to see athletes getting lapped we had a race here in New Zealand uh, New Plymouth World Cup yep. uh, the weekend before last yep, I think it hand. was well, well, well. Uh, and athletes that's a really short lap there and lots of athletes were getting lapped and it just looks shitty because you're just going is that, athlete? Uh, that athlete, I think, is lapped, but you can't really tell who's second or yeah, third behind the race, yeah. them. Uh, so I think I reckon I'm, I'm all for these small fields. Get your ranking up. You want to go against the big guns. But get then the problem them. is
0: so two of the PTO races only have 20 and 30 athletes. Mm. These are the payday races and big points races. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard if you're not. Go to, go to but it means point like three you, worlds. You get an advantage. Because mm-hmm. let's say you have a shit day in Singapore, mm-hmm. you get 20th. You get the ranking, so you could actually blow up, mm-hmm. absolute crap day, you're still going to get the rankings points for 20th. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, how does that seem fair?
1: You? If you blow up, then you could be, your, your ranking points is a, a combination of the strength of field. If you are miles behind, then also that, that component of performance, okay. you're going to lose a lot of points there. So, but yes, it is definitely a big advantage to have a high ranking.
0: Yeah, wow. wow. Okay, uh, we've got the Super League Arena Games happening this weekend. It looks like we've got a Peterfield. We've got Brownlee, Eden, Potter and uh, Bekengard. Bogrand,
1: Beaugrand, who's Beaugrand? Uh, Cassandra Bogrand. Okay. So yeah, should be hopefully um, some some good action. Will you watch it? Uh, if I'm on the trainer, I'll watch it and I'll watch the, the highlights, but I wouldn't actually sit down and watch it. If you had the top eight or ten or whatever athletes in the world going head to head, then I would watch it.
0: That would be really cool if they could get that doing, eh? Mm. Yeah, yeah, so. Um, okay, let's go into discussion of the week. So last week's discussion was name who you think are the most underrated pro triathletes and why you think that is the case. You go first, John Uh
1: George Samuel says Joe Skipper. Uh, I think he's... Properly rated, but sometimes gets overlooked. His two thirty six at Wales last year was unbelievable for that course. So Ironman Wales is very hilly. Uh, guy is a machine, as well as a twelve hour British TT record holder on the bike, uh, and then a ridiculous fifty k time.
0: And also, he wasn't that far off Blumenfeld in, no. the, in the sub seven. Mm. You know, like he was pretty close. Uh, Dana Dana Kapow, Ka, no Calpur, um, Paul Lafontaine. I feel like she doesn't get enough love because she does 70.3s and not full-distance Ironman races. And then Scott Horns goes, I agree, but she does deliver results. She's high on my list of females I follow because she gives so much back to the sport.
1: There's a few people here sort of taking the piss, naming uh, mates and age groupers and stuff like that, so we'll skip over them. Uh, Alex Rykins says, laugh out loud, none. Pro triathletes are age groupers without a job. Hmm. Don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sharp up Alex. Did you do Tana Kalpa? Did you? Yeah,
0: I'll do. Um, did you do Dalian? No. Dalian Evanson. As uh, a Canadian, I have to give a shout out to two amazing Canadian women. Of course, there's Paula Finlay, but the one I think is set to have a breakthrough season is Tamara Hewitt. Uh, with her run speed, I think she's going to start to really turn some heads. I'm excited to see what she does this year.
1: And yeah. then he follows that up with, "I love that." Just after I posted this, uh, I see that she wins Oceanside. Yeah, that's so cool. Dallin, you saw into the future.
0: No, you see the future. She uh,
1: is a very uh, good athlete, and that's about it. So there can't be many underrated triathletes. Well, George
0: Samuel's gone back at Alex, and he's got. I'd like to see you do a four-hour bike and then do a sub two fifty off that. So <laughs> so and then
1: the people start pulling out stats of how many people can run sub two hour fifty in a marathon and. Versus, yeah, it's like, I do uh, And then one other one, Rob Gray, you may have said this, Bevan. Patrick Langer, because John always asks, Patrick who? I have to
0: admit, your
1: disrespect to
0: Patrick is it's it's,
1: Well, it's his fault, because whenever the, I... He's won the World Championship twice. But it's his fault, because whenever I pick him... He does crap.
0: Uh, you did turn. You, I, you, I will give you that much. You did do a bit of a turn. Okay, who are you going with? Uh,
1: so I just listed a couple of athletes here. I think uh, Sky Monch, um often doesn't necessarily get the credit she deserves. She's a real consistent performer, but often just those that little next rung down. So often, sometimes not necessarily winning, um, but uh, she's awesome. Jocelyn McCauley I've always... Uh, sort of cheered for her because when I know that she's on, she is on. When she's off, she's pretty average. Um, but I think she probably doesn't get enough credit. And then one of our recent interviewees, Carrie Lester, was a past athlete that I thought never got enough credit. She won so many races and so many of the big, uh, the big, really hard races like uh, Alpe d'Huez, Ombra Man, and, uh, and she was able to still back that up and, and get top tens in Kona.
0: On the girl side of things, I, I'm not that... You know, I'm not as in the sport as you are, but the one I'm going to say historically would be McKaylee Jones. I don't think she's recognised as much of a legend mm. as what she's done in the sport.
1: Yep, yeah, definitely. And you know and what I mean,
0: like you know, because you think of who are the females you're going to go, um, Pauline, New Fraser, mm. Badman, uh, Chrissy. Now they won a lot of Iron Men. Mm. Um, Leander Cave probably sits in that same, you know, Le- nah, but nah. she won. She won.
1: Yeah, yeah, she she probably should. She's probably that's what I mean.
0: Like you know, like when we think of people who, if we look at their results, because McKayla was a very good short course athlete, wasn't she?
1: Oh, mate, multiple, multiple world titles. Yeah,
0: and got screwed at the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we, 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 her name doesn't come up a lot, does it?
1: No, but this, she's from a different era, you know, and, and she's before social media, before Iron Man really took off. Iron Man didn't, was in my day, Iron Man was not the big deal. Like the short course athletes were all the rock stars. Yeah, but she was, um, she was a short course. Oh, yeah. No, she was an absolute rock star in the day. In the day. Yeah. Um, and because she hasn't <clears throat> maybe necessarily had that big. In your face, sort of coaching business and stuff, uh, mm. further down the track, then then she's kind of faded away, and un- unlike some other people, so yeah, no, she's uh, she was an absolute weapon. Like a <laughs> boy side of things, boy side things. Langer, of course, um, he I will. I underrate him, <laughs> others too. You've got to say, though, it, one of his things was, you, you think oh, he was just a one-trick pony, one-trick pony, you know, he's won Kona a couple of times, hasn't done anything else, but when you actually start yeah. digging around, you know, he, he his rote, rote performance yep. and his Ironman Tulsa were sensational. Um, um, he,
0: and he won Kona twice. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. like, you know, and sure, you can say he's a bit of a one-trick pony, but you, hey, mate. How you win the race? Who cares? You yeah. got to get to the finish line as fast as possible. The person who does that is the winner. And the, and the way he won the race, mm. like that boy ran.
1: And he's performed outside of Kona now. You know, with Rote Tulsa. Um, the, the one thing that he doesn't perform well at necessarily is, is seventy point three. So when you look at a, a yarn and and Blumenfeld and Eden, you know they're going to perform over over all distances.
0: What's is bike skills like? If we look at you know if we look at Nice this year, and you were saying bike Langer, skills, people,
1: yeah, uh, don't don't know the answer to that okay. so yeah Joe Skipper I had on my list here and then another one was uh Denny I was just sort of looking through the men's rankings and I thought Denny Chevro um who's a French athlete I think he doesn't often get much coverage um but his he's only he's ranked currently ranked 25th in the rankings uh he's 34 years old he's a Frenchie and yeah he hasn't uh he got fourth at Israel against uh, Patrick Langer and a few other weapons over there. One Ironman Germany last year, one Ironman Austria the year before, uh, and he's consistently cranks out some. Awesome run run times, so I think he's one name that um people should have on their radar a little more often. And then past athletes, um I think James Carnamah, who we had on a few weeks ago, yeah, he um, had some BC results. He, he had some beast results, but often at, at sort of lesser races. And then I think the the American boys Hoffman and uh, Tim O'Donnell. Perhaps, I was going to say Tim O'Donnell, perhaps it, don't yeah. get the credit. You know, they performed in Kona fairly consistently. Well, Tim got second. Yeah. You know, and, and later in
0: his career, mm, so I think and those, Hoffman won Texas last year.
1: Yeah, and, and he's been on the podium in, in Kona as well, and he's just kind of a, and again with those two fellas, um, don't really do much at 70.3 distance, which is you know means they're not in the limelight quite as much, so yeah, there's a few names.
0: Okay, this week's discussion is, would the Collins Cups be close if it was the rest of the world versus Europe? So instead mm. of having the three tiers, we're having the the Australasian and the um, USA and the Europeans, which let's be honest, is a bit of a bore fest because mm. Europeans are just too dominant. If we just went one on one,
1: yeah. And I was just thinking this morning, and I don't know the answer to this yet. Um, have
0: we done a, have also? Have we done a discussion on what's the better format for Collins Cup?
1: Possibly, because I, I know I
0: know the inspiration. It was actually funny. I was someone asked me about a show, and I was doing some research on a show that we had done. When we did, when we did, um, I think it was when we did our ten year yeah. anniversary, mm-hmm. and someone was asking, so I sent them a link to that, and I think Charles, we interviewed him around that time.
1: Charles Adamo? yeah,
0: yeah, and he was. Yeah, I think that's when we, because I remember we were going through it. We talked to Charles. Well, would have so it's like six, seven years ago.
1: Well, that was would have been when we were in wrote, Uh They announced, they announced it, it. That's right, uh, and that was we were there in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen.
0: So. And Charles was very inspired by the Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why this original Collins Cup concepts work, which I think most people are going to say hasn't worked. Mm. You know, so maybe the, this one next week, and next week maybe what we could do is what's a better format for the Collins Cup? Mm. Okay. okay. So this week's discussion yeah. is, would the Collins Cup be close if it was the rest of the world versus Europe? Okay. Um, John's quiz question.
1: Who won the first Super League event and where was it held? I know where it was held. I think I know oh, was I It was on an island, wasn't it? No, oh, we'll save that till okay, later. Okay, okay. we've got an interview
0: coming up. Who we got, John? Uh,
1: we have got Trevor Foley coming up. Uh, up and coming 70.3 and Ironman athlete. Uh, only done one Ironman, but he's doing another one soon. Here he comes. Okay, here he is right now. Righty-ho, guys. Uh, today's guest is Trevor Foley, which for some of you may not be a name you're overly familiar with. He's fairly new to the game, only 23 years old, current ranking of 45 uh, on the PTO rankings, won a 70.3 at Waco Last year, finished uh, ninth at a stacked field at Oceanside just the weekend Been, um, but certainly a name to watch and uh, can certainly light it up on the runs. So welcome along to the show, Trevor Foley. And how how are you feeling after Oceanside at the weekend?
3: Uh, thanks. Appreciate you guys for having me. I'm um, feeling good. Um, first race of the season is always kind of a punch in the mouth, but uh, mm-hmm. feeling pretty good uh, mentally, physically um it was kind of like the good fitness check and kicking the butt that i needed to kind of get the season going pretty happy with how i was able to
2: start
0: i had to feel you know it is a stronger field you kind of you have your fields that are a little bit weaker and you have fields like this which was a pretty stellar field uh what was it like being in that environment for you
3: yeah it was uh it was a little nerve-wracking you uh, know just being in that big of big of a race with that many bodies and then you know not just a bunch of bodies but a bunch of competitive bodies as well you know like you said it was a pretty pretty competitive field really good depth through a good top end so it was it was good it was definitely a learning experience i did two two bigger races last year i did 70.3 worlds and pto dallas um u.s open and ended up being an at both of those um for different reasons so i was able to obviously finish uh on saturday so i was able to actually you know, pretty happy with that I was able to finish a pretty big one.
1: So, so you ran a one eleven there, which is uh, the fourth fastest run. So um, looking through your sort of resume, you're often having the fastest uh, or very close to the fastest run um, and sort of reading up about you, you're, you're a former runner. So maybe tell us a bit about your, your sort of background um, prior to triathlon.
3: Yeah, um, grew up, ended up, uh, I like grew up in Florida, ran, um, sort of in middle school, and ran all the way through high school and college. Um, grew up playing soccer, but ended up just finding finding running in sixth grade and figured out I was pretty, pretty good at it and kind of wanted to go to college for it. So yeah, just like I said, ran through high school, kind of did the, mo- the 1600 and 3200 is what we do over here and ended up getting a scholarship at the University of Florida, where I kind of specialized in like the 1500 and like the 5K. Um, Did the steeple every once in a while as well, um, but actually two years into college, is I ended up getting a stress fracture in my foot, which is how I ended up kind of finding cross training and triathlon during COVID 2020. Um, so yeah, the run's something I've grown up doing; it's kind of like second nature now. So it's kind of something that's nice that I have in my back pocket that I can, you know, always kind of finish a race pretty strong no matter how it's going.
0: When you were doing um, just running focused, what was the ambition, and what you know, what kind of level were you on a bigger scale?
3: Yeah, I get into high school. I my when I was sixteen, I ended up running uh, like nine twenty and four eighteen, in the mile and the two miles. So that was my sophomore year of high school. Ended up like winning a Florida State high school championship. So at that point figured you know I started to figure out I was pretty good at running really started to take it seriously and really just I wanted to go to college and compete well in the NCAA and try to land a professional contract and then you know in hopes of running at the Olympic trials Olympics um, kind of in the 5k predominantly um, has been my goal ever since I've been about 15 16 years old and did that you know Super competitively at a really high level until I was about 21, uh, 22 years old, and now transitioning into my second year try.
1: How good a runner do you have to be to to sort of make it um, at least in the states? Where you you, you mentioned a, a pro contract there. Um, like compare it to triathlon. How good how good do you have to be to make some some money and make an actual living out of it?
3: Yeah, it's hard hard to say now with uh, you know because I. I got, I kind of left running post COVID. And as you kind of know, with triathlon too, the times just kind of exponentially got better Mm -hmm. after COVID. Um, Mm -hmm. So kind of like pre, pre super shoe era about like, if you were running 13, like sub 1340 in the 5k, you were, you had pretty good talent. And now it's, you know, sub 1330. Uh, When I was 19 years old, I ran 1403 in the 5k and Mm -hmm. that was pretty super shoes and so yeah probably around that 13 mid-range and i think i was probably in about thirteen forty five shape but ended up just actually forgoing my last two years on the team to focus on triathlon so actually this would be my senior year right now in college um but yeah pretty pretty quick you have to run and uh if you want to make it as a a serious time runner
0: Do, do you miss the running just being a running athlete
3: Um, yeah, it comes and goes like right now, you know, outdoor season is starting and you kind of have a little bit of FOMO not being on the track. And, you know, I definitely feel that I didn't, uh, kind of achieve and everything I wanted to and didn't really hit the times that I, you know, kind of was in shape to do or had the possibilities to maybe hit. So yeah, I have a little bit of like, oh man, I wish I was, you know, on the track you know ripping some fast times and stuff but ultimately i'm you know really in love with triathlon and i think i can be pretty competitive at it as long as i stick with it so and i think the the environment of like going to a big ironman race with thousands of people there it's just it's definitely a lot more fun than just like a small little like serious track meet
0: what about what about the team aspect because collegial sport is very kind of you know, you're in a team. You got a coach, and then you go to kind of being a pro athlete and triathlon. Which, other than the moments when you're at big races, it can be a lot more of a solo experience. What's that been like for you?
3: Yeah, it's you know, last year, like I so said, last year, 2022 was my first year, um, first full season as a triathlete. And I half of the year I was still living in Gainesville, Florida, where my college team was. So I was still able to run with teammates and training with uh you know a couple good swimmers and stuff like that and then me and my girlfriend ended up moving and last year I never really thought about it I didn't miss the team aspect all that much maybe because I just had just left it but then you know this off season I had kind of really started to miss it just having the accountability of training partners and coaches and just you know shared pain is half pain really so and, you know, it kind of actually led me into to meeting Lionel Sanders and talking to him. And so I actually ended up moving out to Tucson, Arizona to, to train full-time with Lionel. And that's just been a total game changer because, like you said, I, I really do miss the team team environment and the team camaraderie of, you know, workouts and not having to lead every rep, you know, to think about it. So I definitely miss that aspect of it. But now that I'm kind of with Lionel and we have a few more other athletes training with us it is a, a solid like team mentality um and it's something that i, I thoroughly enjoy
1: we'll sort of hear chad about vinyl later on but your story sounds like the classic fast runner in triathlon where you were sort of getting a bit injured you dabbled in some cross training you found triathlon and then you kind of have made that that sort of transition across when i was looking at your background it seemed like you you had a very short sort of dabble with uh with short course racing um is that something you're going to pursue or the swim challenge was is just sort of a a bridge too far for you
3: yeah i tried a little bit of short that's how I kind of got into it is with USA triathlon like reaching out to me. And I I really enjoyed the short course racing. And I, I, you know, probably, you know, my body and how I've ended up training the last 10 years of my life is probably better suited for like a 50 to two hour race, uh 50 minute to two hour race. Um with the 5K, 10K off the bike. But like you said, I, I just started swimming in, in 2020 and, you know, I'm working hard on it, but obviously it's a big struggle of mine. Um, one day, you know, maybe someday, you know, if I, if I ended up, you know, working on my swim to somehow end up make a pack, I would definitely try <laughs> to do some, some draft legal races. Cause I think I could be pretty competitive in it and I think it'd be a lot of fun, but at the moment it's kind of just a waste of time when you're coming out so far behind in a, in a draft legal race like that. So maybe, you know, if God has that in my, uh, plans one day to become a good swimmer, I'll, I'll jump back into the short course racing. But at the moment, it's definitely just a bit too much.
0: What is, what is the approach to improving swimming? You know, obviously you don't have that history and you don't have that kind of swimmer's child experience, which is such an advantage, you know, starting as a kind of mid early twenties in swimming. How do you try to get, what's your approach to getting the best gains? Cause obviously you want them as quickly as possible. How are you going about doing that?
3: Yeah. Um, yeah to be honest, right now, um, last year, I, I tried to work a lot on, like, technique, and stuff like that, and swimming with the squad, and last year, I swam a lot by myself, and I was just, you know, the kind of, you guys kind of have, I'm sure, experience it yourself, or a lot of listeners, just, like, going to the pool by yourself early in the morning, or, you know, in the evening, and just trying to knock out, like, a 4k swim by yourself, it's so hard mentally, and, physically to push yourself in the water. I feel like swimming is like one of the hardest things to do solo. Um, So right now uh, I'm swimming with like the Aqua Bear Swim Club and coach Justin uh, here in Tucson. And that's just kind of my game. My game plan is just to swim with swimmers that are better with me. Swim with a coach on deck and just try to immerse myself in that environment as much as possible to try to, yeah, just become comfortable in the water, gain fitness in the water and, honestly, just a, a muscle recruitment pattern. I'm not used to, you know, I, I grew up, like I said, running. So having to use my arms and, <laughs> you know, sight and sweat and, and breathe, it's just a totally different thing that I'm used to. So just honestly, just day in and day out, just trying to get comfortable. Mm.
1: So you, you sort of um, obviously COVID, you know, was wiping things out in 2020 and, and much of 2021. Um, so 2021, you did a couple of pro races after sort of the, the shutdowns happened. Um, pretty pretty reasonable results for your first sort of pro races. How are you feeling at the end of that that season? And, and what was your sort of mindset um, in terms of, am I, do I think I've got this, or you, what, what were you sort of thinking at the end of 2021?
3: Yeah, at the end of. 2021 um so i on my last uh race in college was at the end of uh, june in 2021 and I, I did a short course race uh like an america's cup uh draft legal in july and it went okay but like you said i just i, I didn't have the swim so i wasn't uberly competitive and decided to sign up for augusta and then indian wells and had had decent results and thought to myself you know like I've only been swimming and biking for, you know, 18 months at that point or something. And I think I'm, you know, I think they were two you know, respectable results for a younger yeah. guy just getting into it. And I, I was, like I said, I was really enjoying the triathlon lifestyle and the training and the challenges that, uh, you know, popped up for it. Um, so yeah, I went into 2022 really confident and just wanted to train and honestly, just better myself. Cause I truly think I can be, competitive at the world stage in a few years if i stick at it so yeah i was just honestly happy with how i was able to compete i, I think indian wells 2021 competing against lionel and vincent Louie and a couple guys like that um chris leiferman uh really opened my eyes to like you know if i can you know get my swim and bike a little bit better i think it can be pretty good
2: mm-hmm.
1: And then moving on to 2022, you had, you raced quite a lot. You had a few ups and downs with DNFs and um, I think one was due to, to COVID and uh, a few other little hiccups. But in general, you know, you had a couple of seconds, you had a first, couple of firsts. Um, so again, did you feel like that progression in 2022 was pretty much a traje- trajectory you, you wanted to be on? Uh, and, and what were some of the main headaches you had during that year?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, um, I, I accomplished, I set, you know, my goal for last season was I wanted to, to crack into the top 50 of the PTO world rankings and I wanted to win a 70.3 and I accomplished both of those things, um, by October. And so, uh, you know, I set those goals on the first of the year and I had accomplished them. So, you know, I was, you know, I was happy, um, And then, you know, it was a little frustrating at some of the races, like how I wasn't able to really compete well at, you know, the U.S. Open. I, you know, probably shouldn't have gone to that race. I probably wasn't ready uh, for that competitive of a race, especially with my swim ability. But it was a good learning experience, you know, um, seeing a ton of those world-class athletes in person. And then uh, St. George was a race I think I could have done pretty good at. But coming from a hot environment like Florida, I just... I don't, I don't do very good in the cold, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So I just got hypothermia on the bike, but yeah. uh, Yeah. I, I came out of the water and I was, I got on the bike and I just couldn't push power. My, I couldn't feel my body. And then after like 30 minutes, my body just kind of just started shutting down, I guess is the best way to say it. I just, that was all I had. And I had to pull off and get inside and get warm. So Um, so yeah, like I said, accomplish the goals I have set for myself and I'll have new goals and, you know, just try to continue my progress, um, as well as I can to try to be competitive and make a living at it.
2: On the
0: making a living at it, how do you treat the job of being a pro? You know, there's obviously the obvious training component of it and racing component of it, but what's the other parts that you're learning about, you know, how to make a living in the sport, being an athlete?
3: Yeah, exactly. I, you know, social media, um, YouTube, all, all Instagram, all that kind of stuff is, is so important, if not kind of more important than results, it seems like sometimes really? some brands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's kind of a balancing act, right? Like it'd be nice just to kind of put your head down and stay super low key and train hard. But, um, you know, un- unfortunately you gotta, you gotta, not unfortunately, but you gotta stay stay on top of Instagram posts and keeping people up to date and stuff like that. And that's not always the easiest if, you know, having a, you know, professional photographer, you know, someone recording your life or something. So that's something that I need to, I'm constantly working at to try to build a brand and be relatable to people um, and just garner support of people and fans and stuff like that, as well as trying to train really hard and, you know, get podiums and wins, it's, you know, it's a balancing act for sure.
1: Well, you're, you're, you're training with someone who's pretty good with, with Lionel Sanders. He's got a huge following, so I'm sure you'll learn a bit off him. But with, with 2022, you know, you said you had some good results there. You got that ranking into the top 50. That would have given you a, a small bonus at the end of the year with the with the PTO side of things. Um is that sort of level that you got to there for, for an athlete, is that where you're actually able to make a living or do you need to take it up a couple of notches to actually you know, make this a, a proper living?
3: I think for most people around probably the top 60 to top 50 in the world, yeah, I think that's a pretty much like you, know, you can make a, a fine living at that level um, through prize money and sponsors and stuff like that for most people that are established or a little bit older, um, I'm just so so much younger and so new to the game. I'm trying to kind of figure that out. Like there's mm-hmm. people I'm like around or sponsors I talk to that are maybe hesitant to sponsor me because I'm so young or stuff like that. And I, I had conversations with a couple of people and they're just, I don't know, I guess waiting to see if I stick around for the long haul and stuff like that. So I understand that speculation, but I feel like yeah, once you make it into the top fifty, you can at least eat, sleep, train, race. Mm. Um but yeah, there's definitely another level on top of that, like the Lynels of the World and you know, uh people like that. So
1: 2023, you kicked off in, in April, you know, nice early start of the year. Um what's your what's your game plan for for in terms of races this season?
3: Yeah. Um so yeah kicked off in Oceanside and now my big focus and has been a big focus all winter and into the spring is Ironman Texas. Um, I really, I really want to race well there. Um, obviously Ironman races pay better than 70.3. So that's, you know, a big motivation as well. If you can do well in an Ironman, you get paid pretty well. And I feel like sponsors care about Ironmans quite a bit as well. Just trying to get to Nice or Kona. Um, I feel like it's a pretty big accomplishment in a lot of people's eyes. So uh, and then i'll move to a bunch of 70.3s over the summer and just try to you know i'm, I'm going to try to race a lot all, you know most of the north american 70.3s in the summer and into the fall and try to uh, try to gain as much podiums and wins and kind of attention as i can to try to set myself up for the end of 2023 talking to different sponsors and brands so that i can go into 2024 pretty well supported if that makes sense
0: what's the best part of being a pro
3: um probably the the lifestyle i i really enjoy training mm. it's a it's a healthy lifestyle It's a fun lifestyle um and there's always unlike running you know there's running it's running or if you're just a swimmer it's swimming but like in triathlon there's always so much you need to work on um so that's kind of motivating as well it's like man once my bike's in a pretty good spot and it's like oh man my my run it's just kind of slacking so I need to pick up the run so that's that's super like fun to me is there's always something to work on it's always so challenging um so yeah that's what I love about it it's the lifestyle and just working hard trying to better yourself
1: you said Ironman Texas is, the, is sort of the next focus. I'm just looking at your result last year. I'm, I'm assuming that was your first Ironman. 58-minute uh, swim, um, and relative to some of your 70.3s, that looks actually pretty reasonable. You're only sort of uh, five and a half minutes off the likes of Ben Hoffman and, um, and Ditlev, uh, 4.22, and that's only a few minutes off uh, Hoffman and Ditlev, and then a, a 2.49, so pretty pretty solid run. Um, maybe just talk us through, through that day and what your first Ironman experience was like for the full distance
3: yeah i had trained i had trained really hard for ironman texas last year and really wanted a, a good result and like you said i you know the highlight of the day was probably the swim i was able to mm-hmm. swim with like matt russell and a few other of those guys pretty comfortably um and ended up getting onto the bike and was having a great bike for about two hours i had ended up dropping matt russell who went on to have the fastest bike split of the day and dropped that whole group of people and i had basically just got like bridged across to the Hoffman bike bike uh, bike group and then my uh, my arrow bars literally fell off my bike oh no um, yeah it was it was absolutely devastating and I I was like oh man maybe if I just like ride on the hoods my TT bike I can I can just you know legally draft them for the last two hours of the bike and I was having to push so much power and I finally, we ended up getting, like, mile 70 at, like, one of the turnarounds, and I just had ended up pulling off the road, and literally started, like, crying out, <laughs> like, man, what am I gonna do, um, and so I ended up sitting there for, like, 10 minutes, and an age grouper, uh, luckily stopped, and had, like, an Allen key, and we literally just sat there, and unbolted the, the baseball bar of my, uh, I had an S-Work Shiv at the time, and Ended up loosening the bolts in the base bar to slide back in the aero bars and tighten them back up, and then went on to uh to finish the last two hours of the bike. Um, but that the whole time that I was, because I had to hold the arrow bars obviously because they weren't attached to the bike, so yeah. I had not drank like I had not eaten anything for a whole hour, so I was so bonked. And I so at that point I was bonked for the last two hours of the bike, and then the run I was. I was so far behind. I think my mom told me I was in like 35th place or something. And I was not wanting to run. I was super upset. But then I just, I, I went out so hard. I ran the first 10 miles and like 540 pace, like an idiot. But then all of was one loop. And then all of a sudden, my mom was like, oh, you're in like fifth place. And I was like, what? And, you know, Sam Lalo was there. Like There was a lot of guys, but it was hot that day. And so a lot of them were dropping out. And then I ended up moving all the way up to fourth with Cody Beals and I had, I had, uh, about 10 miles to go. And then, and then the lights started turning off and I was like, <laughs> Oh man, I'm re- I'm in I'm rough shape right now. And so I ended up fighting for, uh, for sixth place, which was, which was great. I mean, that was a great debut for me. Um, you know, drawing the, the mechanical, I think I could have probably snuck on for third, which would have been awesome as a debut, so yeah, definitely is very motivating to you know, God willing, I can put everything together from a mechanical standpoint and hopefully have a good race here in three weeks.
1: <laughs> oh, cool. nice, no, good stuff. I mean, yeah, eight seventeen on debut is not too shabby. Yeah. Um. So you see, you mentioned earlier you do a bit of training with Lionel Science Sanders. You know, he's. Uh, he's not at the end of his career but he's certainly a much more mature athlete than yourself in terms of years of racing so tell us a bit what it's like training with him you know we, we see the persona that he gets out there on on youtube we've interviewed him once when we we're over in Kona and, and it seems like that uh, it's not made up that's that's kind of what he's like so what's it what's it like training with him as a person and 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 what's it sort of done for your training
3: Yeah, it's, I I met Lionel in in 2021 at Indian Wells. And when I was first getting into the sport, you know, I think anybody, you know, YouTube's, you know, triathlon or something and like, you know, triathlon Taren pops up and like Lionel Sanders pop up. So, you know, (laughs) I I started watching Lionel Sanders videos, like when I was on the trainer, I feel like a lot of people do that. And I was like super inspired because again, like the quote unquote persona that he portrays on the YouTube is like, you know all hard work and you know he's willing to like kill himself to get to the front of the race and and my parents asked me like after a month of being here it's like oh is it like a like how is he like in person i was like oh he is the same person on youtube as he is in person like he's super intense like he takes it super seriously which is awesome because that's like if you want to be the best in the world that's what it takes it takes full dedication um and so yeah he we started talking in 2022 and he's you know really focused on like the PTO races and the 70.3s for this year and he feels like he needs to really work on his run speed and stuff so you know he uh asked if I kind of wanted to come out and train with him and on the run and uh we're pretty we're pretty similar um not similar on the bike but like you know I'm not terribly far behind on the bike and the swim so we're able to do quite a bit of training together um, and it's just been tremendous for my training. It's um, amazing to, you know, show up with the pool, show up at the pool with him every day and you know, at the track and we bike outside. Like one, you know, we do it once a week, maybe like a key bike workout together and yeah, it's just, it's unbelievable. I'm super thankful to him and Aaron for helping me out so much. And what are you, what are you, you learning? Know, even, Uh Oh, learning everything from, marketing like how important like the youtube stuff is and even like he's been sharing so much with me on the swim side of things you know obviously he learned late in life how to swim and so he's been teaching me there's a bunch of tips on basically being comfortable in the water um we like use the form goggles for like stroke rate all that kind of stuff and he's pretty big into like lactate testing or not big into lactate testing but he does lactate testing to kind of see what's going on under the hood so he's been trying to introduce me to a little bit of stuff like that to kind of get a perception of you know if this is truly easy or if this is truly tempo especially in the water because especially for me being such a weak swimmer I think I'm swimming easy but I'm probably swimming too fast mm-hmm. sometimes or too mm-hmm. slow um, and honestly just a hot, like a like a mentally hard mindset um, is the, mo- the most important thing I've probably learned from him too just believing in yourself because if you don't believe in yourself on the start line that you have done everything that you can possible to win the race and you're not going to win the race and I think Lionel does that super well
2: yeah
1: so um, anything you want to get out there in terms of anything you're doing or, or how people want to follow you and, and your progress uh, for the rest of this year and beyond
3: yeah yeah um... Yeah, so right now I'm in um, Tucson till um, till May, and then I'll end up going back home to Florida. Um, and me and my girlfriend are actually going to move out here for a year, uh, full time, um, to training with uh, obviously Lionel and Justin, the swim coach, and just continue to try to better myself. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, I'll be on the local like North American seventy point three circuit and I guess the best way to follow me is probably like Instagram just in my name Trevor Foley and uh I have a YouTube channel. I probably need to post on it more, but you know it's pretty hard to film yourself talking. (laughs) It's kind of kind of cringe or kind of embarrassing. I I don't know. So but but like I said it's super important for branding standpoint. Um and yeah it's I have Strava too. I post uh I don't post everything on Strava, but I post a good bit of what I do on Strava. So if you want to kind of see some workouts and stuff, that's a good way to follow as well.
1: Three three random questions. Do you wax or shave your legs?
3: Oh, I buzz my legs. Only <laughs> when I have to. Only when I have to.
1: Uh, do you use any facial moisturizer? uh no (laughs) not good and this will be a good one for you because you're a runner yeah if you trained specifically for a marathon say you gave yourself you know you get to the end of the season maybe give yourself six months to prepare for a marathon um what's what's, what sort of time do you think you bang a marathon out and fresh
3: oh man that's a good question because at the end of this season if my season goes pretty well i'd love to try to run a a marathon or something because the u.s olympic trials are in february in florida um nice. so I think fully fully trained, fully tapered on a fast course, probably run around 215 to 216, nice. probably. Nice. Um is what I is what I think I could probably run. I think the Olympic trial standard is 218, so that's 520 pace, 320k mm. pace. So definitely or not definitely, but I would be willing to bet I could at least go sub 218, probably in only like a week or two if I was rested yeah
1: nice nice work and jason you must be impressed with jason west's run at the weekend 107 and the course looked like it was accurate at oceanside
3: yeah it's uh we we ran together uh side by side for a lot of race at 70.3 augusta in september and he ran he ran a 107 there and i ran a 108 and we went out our first 10k was so fast it was like 31 minutes and (laughs) um and, yeah, he was just able to hold it together really well. lost, like, 8K of the run. Um, but to see him, obviously, at that at that form in, in April running well, obviously he biked really well and swam really well. Um, yeah, this is amazing, but it's a testament to the sport and how just the game's changing. You know, you have to – if you want to be competitive at the world stage, it's going to take fast runs like that. I mean, I'm sure mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time before, you know – People are running 106 and probably running 230. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, Patrick Lane already ran a 230 in a marathon, but I'm sure, yeah. it's only going to be a few more years before that's a pretty common a common thing. Is I mean, that's what I think.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's, uh, isn't it? Awesome. No, it's good to it's good to follow your progress so far, and certainly a name that's come on my radar to keep a keep a lookout for, especially with the the run that you've got. So, so thanks so much for your time, and um, look forward to following your race in a few weeks' time in Texas.
3: Yeah, thank you guys. I really appreciate you uh, having me on and uh, taking a peek at my name. So hope to talk to you guys again. Okay,
0: mate. Thanks for your time. Good interview. Really interesting young man, isn't
1: he? He is, and he can. Yeah, for somebody who's this early in his career, he can bike bloody well. Obviously, run, run like well. Uh, but so,
0: what, what, so he's fifty-eight in the swim in Texas, I think it was. Um, what could a guy like that hope to get to?
1: Well, he, he, he'll be sort of looking his next on the sort of rankings is to get to the the likes of the Lionel Sanders group and stuff and then get, uh, they're not not far off and the thing and know we didn't ask him this when, when I look at his Trevor's results uh, it's a bit up and down the swim in terms of sometimes he's actually pretty close to the to the um, you know the the sort of non swimmers group um, but like last weekend he was five minutes down uh, and that's like a couple of minutes down on the likes of Sam Long. Um, yeah. So, yeah, next peg will be to get to Sam Long, Lionel Sanders group, and then hopefully just about be able to keep – by that stage, hopefully might be able to keep up on the bike uh, and then uh, unleash your kick-ass marathons. So yeah, Do you know Braden
0: Curry's swim history? Because he swims really well. He
1: does. He's probably more well, – Was he a swim kid? No, no, he's probably one of those annoying athletes that are kind of good at everything. Yeah. So, he's, he's just no, prick. I think his, his, is just, <laughs> his is just hard work. and um,
0: Because he's done it, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. He, he
1: was front group out of uh, seventy th- no, 70.3 in St. George last year. You know, he got in that front group yeah. that got the breakaway and that set up, set up uh, getting and third place. And he wasn't place. a kid? No. Not, not to my knowledge, certainly not a good swim kid no but he 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 dabbled in short course as well, so really went to town on a swimming and, and i imagine would have meant you know swimming eight times a week, something like that, so fully invested in it because he wanted to try to see if he could make it um at short course, so yeah, I think his was a just more natural ability and b had a big focus for swimming for for a period
0: well and I suppose that's the real question who what's the best example of someone who had no swimming? Actually, becoming a good swimmer, and mm-hmm. he's a
1: well—he's oh, a good, good example. Yeah,
0: he's a really good example of that. Okay, so um, if you want to try to follow Trevor, I'll put some links in the show notes for everything he's doing. Okay, John's rote build-up. Topic of the week. Topic of the week. Uh, okay, uh, well, what's happened your week, John?
1: Uh, well, last week we talked about the race simulation I did um, the week before last, and we're going to rehash that a little bit and just talk about run walk, which I, I will have done the segment before, but I don't think I've race, well, I race—I haven't raced full since twenty. 20- 17, I think it was, last time we were in in rote. So, and the run walkers often talk about it, but I thought it's time to rehash it again um, because often when I start coaching athletes and I go through it with them, like I'm having to start from scratch. So uh, run walk, which I did in my simulation, I'll be doing it in rote. Why do it? Uh, It drops your heart rate. Uh, So to give you an example from when I did my simulation, my heart rate would drop up to 15 beats in my simulation um, within a 45 second walk period. Now my fitness is going to be quite different profile to to athletes that are fairly new. You know, I've got 30, over 30 years uh, experience but yeah 15 beats is massive you know I was looking at drop from 138 down to 122 that was my heart rate so why do it point number one it drops your heart rate point number two mini recovery for the legs on a muscular level and point number three mentally it can make the run uh, a little bit easier you can break it into very manageable tr- uh, chunks. The overall objective is to try to reduce the fade in your run um, of over the final third of the Ironman run or a marathon if you're doing a marathon. Um, How to do it is firstly decide on your protocol you're going to use. I use a format of three kilometres running, 45 seconds fast walking. Others I coach um, settle into doing a nine minutes on, one minute off. That will work well if you're a slightly slower athlete. Um, If you're a little bit speedier, that's going to be a little bit too much walking and means you have to run a little bit too quick. Some people do um, running aid station to aid station. But I find that when people do that, they often compromise their walking technique. You've got to walk really quickly and you're also sometimes towing off too much because you're not really concentrating on what you're doing and I'll talk a bit about that later on. Uh, so point number two on how to do it, you've got to walk really fast. So when I was doing three kilometre, I was over a three kilometre period, I was only losing an around about five seconds per K in terms of my average pace by walking.
0: And I think you'd call it a, a light, Jog Because when I went I I mean you did it When we were doing some Mm. run And It's very much A waddle Mm. With your feet You know like The way you move But it's very quick Yeah You know it's not You're not walking No It is It's it's basically Low impact With massive cadence
1: Um and so my running pace, when I was having a look at the file yesterday, you know, I was running at around about f- one block was at 4.18 per k pace for the three kilometres. And then after my little walk break, my average pace would uh, drop to about 4.23. So my walking speed is uh, around about 6 minutes 30 per k, which is, um, for some people, that's actually quicker than they might be, be running. Yeah. Uh, and the key thing is how to do it is you must start from the beginning of the run. Um, technique Um, and I'm going to make a little YouTube clip about this in the next two weeks because uh, I haven't done it and if I don't do it You can all go, John, where's that video? Within the next two weeks. Just a little technique tip on on how to do it. Uh, So technique, flat feet with no toe off. And this is the absolute critical part is you're trying to give your calf muscles as big a break as possible. So you've got to be really flat-footed. Lean forward. And what that does is that promotes a high cadence. Uh, And then number three is keeping your arms up like you do when you run. So when you're running, you've know got your arms cocked. And when people walk, their arms are normally straight down by the side, so keep your arms up in that cock position keep your cadence up high and flat feet those are three main things for the technique what I find most people do in terms of getting it wrong is A they don't practice it fairly regularly Um, so in your simulations and some of your long runs or some of your tempo sessions um, practicing it uh, they start walking when they blow up rather than from the beginning Um, they toe off when they're walking and that sort of just keeps that load on the calves which is a key thing we're trying to remove and then finally they walk too slowly so that's a little summary of um, how to get your walking done when you're doing the run walk protocol. And I would say for the vast majority of people, uh, this is something you should be doing. And it does take a change in mindset, and it does take a little bit of a change in terms of breaking your rhythm. But personally, I find once you come out of that uh, walk, I just feel great when you start running. What's again. the head game
0: with it? Because you've kind of given me the practical application. Mm. What's your head game?
1: Head game is if if it starts to be a struggle, you can look forward to that walk, and knowing that after the walk you're probably going to feel a little bit better when you get going again. So it's it's a pretty short you know window for me. It's you know it's 12, 13 minutes of running, and then I'll get a little break, How long break you feel yet? sorry. How long do you break for? 45 seconds.
0: And uh, I imagine one one of the head games is not letting that creep out.
1: Mm. Oh yeah. No, you've got to have your auto, yeah, your, your auto lap on. So um, yeah, that's. Uh, I love it. Get on
0: it. He loves it. Mm-hmm. Much, he loves it. It's a Marriott. Okay, uh, let's go into the. the oh, well, I was
1: gonna, actually I forgot to mention earlier on in the show in my obs try for the rankings. Okay. I finished 131 out of.
0: Yeah, we said in the intro.
1: Yeah, we we mentioned it briefly, but oh, I okay. just wanted, I wanted, wanted, I wanted to. Show, I wanted to show my uh, <laughs> show my picks, and if it wasn't for Frodo, yeah, there's about 700 or so in there. Uh, Scan back to me. I had I picked the winner. I picked Leo Begier. I went Leo Begier, Jan Fredino, Jackson Laundry, who did finish in third. Ben Canute, who did finish in fourth, picked him for fourth. And Sam Long I had for fifth and I think he finished seventh. Pretty well there. A Paula Finlay to win, she didn't win. Uh, Holly Lawrence, she didn't do okay. Uh Chelsea Sidara I had for third, she got second. Tamara Jewett, I had for first, she uh I had for fourth and she got first. And I had Kat Matthews, so I actually did I picked three of the top five on the boys and I picked three of the top five on the, the females. Well, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of, I'm proud of myself too. <laughs> Let's go to Wanger of the Week. Wanger of the and, Week. And I'm
0: up number 30 and it's Anna McRae. Anna McRae. Um, yeah, McRae yeah, yeah, McRae. 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 Um, and she is from Auckland, New Zealand. Oh, nice. i tell you what, she's got good photos here for her a swimming crew Yeah, and some lake somewhere. It looks pretty bloody cold. She's done the Milford Track.
1: So oh, she would have. Did she do that recently?
0: Uh, maybe. Do you yeah.
1: know her? Uh, no, but I know there was a bunch of uh, female sort of junkies that went and, and ran the Milford um, fairly, fairly recently.
0: She'd uh, to do a seventy k ultra this year. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a consistent trainer. Just keeps. She had one week in October where she was a bit flat. I think she got sick.
1: Okay, so she yeah. did seventeen hours and twenty seven minutes training last week from ten activities. Three hours thirty one running. Two hours fifty six. Biking, geez, not very often that people swim more than they bike in 10 hours, 59 minutes of running.
0: If we look at a marathon prediction, I always like look at, the, oh, 257. Jesus. good runner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've done a half marathon. Oh, she's
1: got Nick Hankinson there in the background there. Yeah, she'll be part of that, probably that. She's from Auckland, but she must be part of that loony running group.
0: The loony running group? Yeah. Is that what they're called? Yep. I'm oh. just giving them a name. They can, they okay. can
1: They can <laughs> trademark that. <laughs> I won't charge anything <laughs> no, for you. Ten percent. Yeah. I okay,
0: guess so. Anna McRae, <laughs> you are, are our winner of the week. week. Okay. Quiz question. So th- uh, you can get a little bit confused because remember this is the island try,
1: island house try. No, yeah. that's not confusing. It's completely different. No, no, no. <laughs>
0: but because the, they did a similar thing where it was on an island. Yeah. Because the first Super League wasn't it? Because it was when Trenzo and it did it, wasn't it? Yep. The first one they, had, you know. So I'm going to say, okay, here's my prediction. Um, who was the South African guy called Richard? Richard Murray. Richard Murray. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the females. Um,
1: they didn't have females. That's why you can't remember it.
0: Oh, was it a male? Only? Yeah. Sexist. Yeah. Okay. And i can say Richard Murray and it was on Bermuda. Uh,
1: I think you're, you're right with the person. It wasn't on Bermuda. It was in Hamilton Island. That's which right. is in, uh, off Australia. That's right. Uh, and... Let's have a pause so I can find out who, who, who... Oh, no, hold on. It oh. should be on Super on Wikipedia. That should have the results on there, I'd imagine. Okay, here we go. But it was definitely Hamilton Island, and it doesn't go far that back. Uh, oh, no, hold on. Here we go. Here we go.
0: No, yeah. maybe, maybe. Oh. Here we go. Oh. 2021. <laughs> you a tease, you aren't it. 2021. <laughs> here
1: we
0: go. Here we go. It was longer than
1: 2021. 20, 2018
0: to 2019. Wait, I'm pausing because this is... Oh. Here we go, pause. Uh, 2017, oh, okay, here season we are.
1: consisted of a test <laughs> event that was held on Hamilton Island, Australia, in order to gauge popularity. Blah, 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 blah. Australia.
0: You're killing it, mate, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. you killing pause. Okay, here's the pause. He was spending hours doing I did a quick Google search Found in one second. <laughs> it's actually three hours later, guys. we are killing it. Uh, so Richard Murray did claim the overall title. Yeah.
1: It was pretty convincing, too, from memory.
0: Yeah, okay, okay. Given, they, he, did, given he was a
1: shitty swimmer, that's what awesome they did. They,
0: they did do the different legs, didn't
1: they? Oh, yeah, they mixed it all around. Yeah. And that, back then they did it over either two or two and a half days. Yeah. It was an absolute killer. <laughs> it was, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So it's no surprise <laughs> that it's starting to change format a little bit.
0: And they got all the superstars there, didn't they?
1: Well, they had a mixture. They did have the superstars there, but then they had some long course athletes that just got smoked down. Remember Torinzo did it? Yeah.
0: What's oh, the point of Torenzo?
1: He must have retired. He hasn't done anything for years now. Oh, is it not? Just, uh, and yeah, nothing on social media or anything like that. He's just drifted off into oblivion. Next life. Yeah, next stage get of on. life.
0: Okay, uh, so there you go. That's, uh, that's it. Uh, do we I do? need to do my blast no, from the past? have enough time. Yeah. Oh, let's quickly do it. Okay. Blast from the past. Blast from the past. I used to come down here and train a lot?
1: Yeah. And I was just sort of, I thought, to do this, I'll just pick a random year in Kona and just find somebody on that list that I know a little bit about. And the first person that came up that I saw was Bella Bayless, so previously her maiden name was Bella Cummerford. Uh, on Instagram, I see she's an athlete and coach. She looks like she's still um, reasonably active, don't know how old the pictures were, but she was a World ITU Long Distance World Champion in 2006. She had 16 Ironmans, uh, champ- Ironman wins, 33 top three positions, 16-
0: and wins. <coughs> that's a lot. <coughs> that, that's, she had a really impressive career. And she actually had a couple of good corners. She didn't like top five corner or anything. Top, but she had top ten. I think this yeah. was seventh uh, place.
1: Uh, she looks like she's a mum um now, and it was uh, sort of an 11-year-old. I don't know how old that was, but she's sort of probably got a, a, a She pre-teen. raced a lot, didn't she? She raced a lot. Yeah. Uh, in 2008, she won five Ironmans and another four in 2009.
0: Got a second as well, and she got seventh in Kona that year. So 2008, it was a stellar year for her.
1: Yeah. Uh, she now lives in Malaga, Spain with her husband, Stephen Bayliss. Yeah, uh, they came over
0: here, and it was, was her and Monica, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, that's uh, when Gordon met Monica. Yeah,
1: and they were she was with um the Brett Sutton sort of squad for, right, yeah. for quite a while. Uh, Is that name you don't hear now. Brett Sutton? Uh yeah. still a little bit around, yeah, but, but he's pretty old. Is um, he still doing stuff? Yeah, Tri still going and they've got a bunch of coaches and okay. yeah. No, they're they're still still cranking along. He still puts his opinion out on bits and pieces from, from time to time. Has he got an opinion? <laughs> 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 I remember Stephen Baylor, so I was when I was getting back into triathlon in UK, it was my first race back and we were living up in this area called the lake district and i thought i'll just go do this race It was called the lake bala half iron man yep. and and i probably thought i was a bit better than what i was and i hadn't had really done anything for about three years and, and you and you really lose it eh? yeah i thought i will just know, going i'll go and kill this you, you really lose it and uh and i think he'd won the race the year before and i thought well, he's he was he's a pretty rubbish plebe. swimmer i'll smoke him in the swim and i'll do what I can for the rest of the race I got annihilated I oh, can't I can't remember where I finished but I know one thing I do remember is the aid station wasn't set up on the run he won I'm sure he won the race and I was like 10 kilometers in the run I hadn't had a drink of water oh, no. and I was like dying I remember because uh, you
0: goal. do lose it because and because I remember I gave a triathlon in 2008 I think was the last time I did a triathlon and then the, a year and a half later I was down in Queenstown over Christmas and Adrian Bailey put on a the little triathlon over, over mm. like, the holiday. Like period. Hayes, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I turned up, and I, like, this, I was never a great swimmer anyway. But I was shocked. <laughs> and then on the bike, John Hancock's wife was beating me up. I couldn't have her I think I had a really good run, but the rest of it was, and I was like, and you just, you don't do the yards, you don't get, oh, you, don't, yeah. you lose it big time.
1: So Bella Comerford, which is uh, Bella Bayless, was a fantastic She athlete. had a great career, didn't she? And I know mean, yeah, this just prompted me, I might just see if I can get her on the show, because she had a great career.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, she had a great five years, I'm going to say, John. Yeah. Because from 2006 through to about 2000 and well, well, really, she had a really good four years, right? You know, because now th- these are only Ironman races. She did do a lot of races, and she would have done a lot of races outside of the races we have with on the PTO website. Mm. But really, 2006, she kind of started to come through. She won Florida in 2005, but yeah, well, this is based on these races. So, But then when she got to 2010, maybe it's when she started having children because she kind of pulled back on Ironman racing. Mm. So, yeah, but yeah. A good, good blast from the past. I like it, John. Nice. I'm liking the blast from the past. Okay, what's your swim set?
1: Swim set today, Um, got a 600 warm-up, doing 100 freestyle, 25 back, 25 breast. Got a, a round of applause when I included 6 times 25 butterfly after the warm-up. Oh, really Keep nice. Going, what the hell's going on People there? People appreciate you, John. Uh, the main set was five times through, 200 steady, 100 hard, getting around about sort of 10 to 15 seconds rest between each one. And then we had 100 easy IM and then 800 build progressively from easy pace for the first 200, then steady for the second 200, moderate and then hard, so an 800 continuous, warm down of 200 meters and that was 3.35 kilometers.
0: What was the hardest part?
1: Uh getting in the water and going <laughs> getting in the water. <laughs> Holy shit balls, the water's cold today because <laughs> I swam yesterday and jumped in yesterday and I thought Feel it feels really warm today. Jumped this morning and I was like, I'm pretty happy I've got that f- butterfly coming up to warm up. It was bloody freezing.
0: And what, did they just change the water? I
1: don't know, just occasionally I think they must have some plant f- cock up and, yeah, it was, it was fresh to start. Where's doing now? At Pioneer. It's a poxy Pioneer. little pool, it's very slow. It's That's what I keep telling myself because my pace, <laughs> the I'm getting, pool. I'm getting fitter overall but my swimming's going downhill just because I'm biking and running a lot more.
0: Okay, so, s- slow pools, mm. what creates a slow pool? Uh. It,
1: Depth of the pool and lane ropes, and then uh, the flow off on the sides. Okay. Mm. Uh. This pool is
0: what's Christchurch's fastest pool?
1: Um, don't know the answer there. We haven't got a fifty, but that's not fifty not going to be the fastest. Uh, but all the other pools are, are okay. It's just this one's shit. When they,
0: the Olympic pools must have to be pretty, pretty straight. Like, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of anal about how they create the pool. Mm, uh, mm. Like when you get to that. Level. Well, uh,
1: It'd be the difference between like a running shoe, you'd go a good shoe, and then maybe you just add in the uh, yeah. carbon plate, and that's the difference, you know, in terms of
0: yeah. Are you using carbon plates? Yep. Only only for rate
1: racing. Yeah. Yep.
0: yep. Okay, let's go to our patrons.
1: Uh Tony, don't be afraid of your dreams, West. Matt, uh Lion Brown
0: Cholton. Oh,
1: I forgot to give Matt a Lion Brown. He was in Christchurch, he was from the UK oh. and didn't give him a lion brown. Oh.
0: He missed out on a ship here. <laughs> 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 Damn it. Uh,
1: and Luke, the
0: cover parker. Okay, if you want to become a patron of the show, go to dub, dub, dub I Talk, top, me. Uh, go through the process, become a patron. Really appreciate those who support the show. Uh, you can also get the show emailed to you from there. If you want some coaching, coach newsome.com, epiccamp.com for one of his camps. Anything I do, bevanjamesisles.com. Um, if you want to email us, I am talk podcast at gmail.com. John, your boss. Uh, Easter coming up, uh, Easter egg, give the aisles. What's your favorite egg? Easter egg?
1: Hmm. I could like just a standard marshmallow egg, to be honest. Oh, really? You're a bit yeah, like my wife. Yeah.
0: She yeah, loves yeah. a marshmallow yeah, egg. Yeah, nice marshmallow egg. What about, what about a Pukinana marshmallow
1: egg? No, no, too much artificial flavoring for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're no, purist. just, just a standard, uh, a standard.
0: I used yeah. to, cream egg used to be my thing. Mm. The, the, I the, think the
1: quality's deteriorated. Why, why do that? If you've got a high end cream egg with really good quality chocolate and, and you really and focus on that filling, it was actually creamy
0: inside. Nowadays it's all like, it's not even creamy. Mm. Yeah Why do they do that? Like, I told you my Snickers dilemma, didn't I? Mm, I think so. Yeah, it's shrinkflation. Yeah. Why yeah. do they just charge me more, you schmuck? Yeah. You know? But anyway, but now, the mm. Lind Bunny.
1: Oh, Lint's lint. I lint, lint! The lint bunny,
0: mm. Mm. good thickness of the chocolate. They're not, mm. they're not. It's not thin. Mm-hmm. Beautiful chocolate. Did uh, you, you get the little bell?
1: The lint balls. They're the top. <laughs> the lint, <laughs> oh, lint, oh, I know well, no, that's not. Have Christmas. You got lint on your balls. <laughs> no, <laughs> I know that's not Easter specific theme, but those lint balls are just oh, outstanding. Good, good treats. Yes, so for me the
0: lint bunny. Lint bunny, nice. Yep. yep. What do you get the kids? Uh, do you get OTT?
1: No, <laughs> no, because they're both uh, dairy. Oh, they min- are. Too. Minimal dairy. So,
0: what do you do for them?
1: Uh, the lint ones, if you get the dark lint ones that doesn't okay. have any dairy, I think that's the one we go for. But they're not chock, massive chocolate fiends. So, it's, uh, it's not just. What's the f- weakness? Sorry? Other than device. Uh, it's a family. Weakness is, is potato chips. Oh, it's yeah. a family? Yeah. Because we go through a lot of potato chips. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. How many bags a week? Six, Jeez, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd say a good six. Not in their lunches or anything like that. That's just, you know, yep. Friday, Saturday, Sunday night we wear the bag, they have a bag. What do you just yeah. open a
0: bag and yeah, chomp away? Yeah,
1: love it. Do you, do you, do you get the Oh yeah, yeah, we we do. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we go high end, you less. Can, if you're in New Zealand, you don't do Wega You're a fool. Yeah,
0: they're absolutely delicious,
1: and the pricing's reasonable at times.
0: Well, the thing about them is because when I was a kid. I love it a chunky chip. Mm. Remember Orion's? Mm-hmm. You said, I love it, Orion. Nice and
1: thick and chunky.
0: And uh, they got rid of Orion's and then Eda brought out a thick cut and that was cool mm. and then they got rid of that and then they brought another thick cut but it wasn't thick cut. Mm. And then Changers, they brought out their chips. Waka, are thick, they Wagachang- I don't know what it's called. Waka Changi. isn't <laughs> it? Um, Changi. they brought out their chip. I've never had a bag which doesn't have mean, mean flavour. Yeah, good, very good flavour. Always flavor. delivers on the flavour mm. and thick. Crunchy. I have one bag of chips a week. God. So, I have a waggle checker, whatever it's called, waggle booger. <laughs> um, Friday afternoon, I lay on that couch where you're sitting right there. Yeah. Drop my big screen down, put a movie on. Mm-hmm. I have a big bag of chips, mm-hmm. stickers bar, string inflation did my head in, and yeah. brought old Coke. Yeah, well, Tom's,
1: Tom's okay with us having quality. They go for quantity, so they'll get a bag of something else that's got more oh. chip in it. Um, Flavour's not quite as high, but they, they prefer that. So, that's What's good. What's your flavour? Salt so and go. So they they do a mean sour cream and
0: chives. Yeah, they are mm. just do mean chips. Mm. Yeah, no,
1: That's Lee really Hard, isn't it? They need a sponsor, they need a sponsor of the show. Yeah,
0: yep. John Newsom's sponsorship for chips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, happily endorse him. What else have we have You had know What's there? my wife's weakness is chips as well. Oh I love them. Because Joe's got no weakness other mm. than chips. Like mm. she, she she my thing about my wife is she just never overindulges. Mm. You know, like you know, like I I know how to control myself. But I can go there. Mm. Joey doesn't do that, but with chips. Mm. She
1: chips she likes a bit of chip action. Yeah, of chips. Uh, what else is happening? We had the national secondary schools triathlon champs at the weekend. No, uh, not the weekend. Last week. Tommy was racing. Uh, Tom was racing. Was it was uh, flea flea racing. Flea did, a, did a teams race. Um, she they got second in the teams. That oh, was, that what was who?
0: Did she do the whole league?
1: They did a mixed team relay, okay. so she did the whole thing, and she swam without a wetsuit and Arctic. Conditions. It was uh, 15 degrees at best in the water, but the air temperature was freezing. Thankfully, it was just a beautiful day, and it's held at the same venue as Challenge Wanaka. It was stunning. Oh, really? Um, so so out of the water. far out, it was. So she did fresh. it just for speed? No, just to.
0: Uh, no, for no wetsuit?
1: Oh, and she doesn't like wearing a wetsuit. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, she didn't want the hassle of having to take it off and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so. She's sort of not that interested in it anymore. She was just sort oh, of really? taking, a, taking a hit for the team, and so they had a, a, a legal mixed team relay. So. What's your sport now? Hip-hop.
0: Oh, dance? Mm. Oh, great. Mm.
1: Okay. Uh, Tom got second. which uh, not second. He got fourth, uh, very close to third, which was uh, disappointing. And uh, you can give me any sports psychologist in the world, and trying to go near a child when they haven't had uh. the great race. It's like after the first lap of the run, he was running bad, pretty poorly. Okay. I was like, oh, like okay. he, he'd be lucky it's if like he was 10th. Ten- he was lucky if he was 10th. Like, oh, it was a three-lap run. Next time around, he was smoking it, and then the last lap, he was just like on fire and went from probably about eighth to fourth and got within two seconds of third. So um, he was okay with it, but he would have liked to be on the podium. But how, it a, how it do you do As a parent, how do you deal with
0: that moment? Um well, Give him you, a slip around the face.
1: Yeah, you try to focus on the positives because he did everything. Yeah, he raced really, really well. Yep. And then you just, I just let it, let it be for a while. And thankfully, everyone there was going, "Oh man, you looked amazing on the run," and so he was getting lots of ups from there. Yeah, nice. And I was like, it's taking a bit of pressure off. <laughs> so it's good times down there. Uh Warnica's a great place when the sun's shining, but holy shit, it's, um, oh, it's cold. the winter reality is kicking in fast. Our first run last night in the dark, it's like. Right, yeah, we've got another, <laughs> another couple of on. months of this. Get your layers on. Did a great ride, the classic ride from Wanaka to Coronet Peak, going over two of oh, our yeah. really famous passes over um, the Crown Range and over... So what,
0: um, do you go around the back you? Used to, yeah? I just go so past Cadrona,
1: over Crown Range, drop down, then up Coronet
0: Peak. So you go around the back towards Arrowtown? Mm. Okay, mm. yeah.
1: And I was so stoked. The place we were staying at was a guy I used to coach, thankfully, and he had a box of gear. He doesn't live in New Zealand, lives in Singapore. And he had some booties and some gloves because oh, no, if I didn't have them, I don't think I would have made it. Oh, really? Is that cold?
0: <laughs> yeah. How long did it take you? Did you bike there or back?
1: Uh, no, I biked there. And it. T- I was, the reason I was biking point to point was Tom was then doing a mountain bike race at, at Coronet. Okay. And it was starting at eleven f- 11.40 or something okay. like that. And so I timed. I thought, oh, this ride will take me 3.15, maybe 3.30. Yeah. It took me 3.44. <laughs> I literally... Parked my bike, running up the steps, and I got there with 30 seconds before he started. Oh, <laughs> so, so that was good. Bevan, what's been happening other than uh, the, the, the mighty Vodafone, or mighty One New Zealand
0: Warriors? Well, the One New Zealand Warriors, if you like rugby league, you're loving them right now, aren't you?
1: Yeah, 20-0 down in the first half, and then came back to win 32-30.
0: I John, I love it. I'm mm. so loving it. Uh, what's been happening in my life? John, not a huge amount.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm thinking I, I've been I've had a really busy couple months And I'm now just just You know something like When you've been working really hard And you've been really busy And then you get time But you end up just working more Because you've got in the habit Of just working mm-hmm. So I was doing my, my, my daily planning Part mm-hmm. of my weekly meeting Yeah present Yep Anybody was, else yep. No, no Nobody no, else present No one's there It's a very special meeting Only yeah. special people will have there And um, I I thought to myself Today Because I Yesterday I booked an hour in for a piano but I end up working through it, and mm-hmm. I did like twenty minutes on the piano. I was like, "No, today mm. don't work." Yeah, because you just get caught in that habit of working. I got a mm-hmm. life where I can make it work. I don't have kids and any responsibilities like mm. you. Yeah, you know, <laughs> so I got, kids. You know, so you, I, I said this to a friend recently. I said, "One of the downfalls of not having kids is you can't just work a lot." Mm. You know what I mean? And um, and it's a benefit and a downfall. And I'm, in my life, one thing I'm trying to do right now is just expand some other things that aren't about work. Um and so today I'm gonna to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. I've just played my piano for an hour. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't have to be anything that special on piano, but yeah. Oh the boys, the band got back together. So not, yeah, not that we've broken up but a bit of hiatus, was it? Yeah, because Dad moved to the coast. Mm-hmm. You can't move to the coast if you're in a band. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's a bit harder to get together. So uh, we had a So on said that's good. And then uh, we are going to Queensland in a few weeks. Cool. Yep, look forward to that. Mm-hmm. So my knees are screwed. Mm. Might be operations. Oh dear yeah. Ya. Yeah. That's but that's a good. few steps down the road, but anyway, that's me. Anyway, let's let's wrap it up.
1: I'm Russ. I'm Mendo Train Hard
0: Train smart. Kia Kia car, car.